Okay, um, hey, what's up, and welcome to the Artist Exchange Radio Show here live only on BeExposedRadio.com. And it looks like Zuckerberg is really playing with um, Facebook right now. Messenger is down and all that. I have a disclaimer. For anybody that tags me in anything, don't tag me in anything if you don't want me to comment my honest opinion on your thread. I'm not a hater nor am I a, um, a negative individual, but because I'm a teacher, because I'm an artist, when people tag me in things, I normally see a way, but I don't post it live like, hey, I can't hear your show. It's a lot of static. I'll do stuff like that, but don't tag me in anything if, you know, if you don't want me to comment. Now, I, I'm, I'm tasteful in my comments, I'm, I'm real tasteful. Hold on, I'm trying to um, send this young lady a message. Zuckerberg, what is you doing with Facebook? Like, you messing up my interview right now. You got, I've had the comment on people's like real pages, messages to get messages and whatnot. But I'm ready. Um, and my guest will be here uh, around 5 30 because her Facebook is not, her computer isn't working for her. I don't, I don't know. Anything. Anyway, I'm here. I'm ready. Uh, but as I was saying, please, in the moment that we're in right now, everybody is like super sensitive. Everybody is really, um, um, this up everybody's super sensitive. You know, people are really catching feelings off of everything. And it's, and I understand it. Like we're, we're in this quarantine where, you know, a lot of us are locked in solo or, you know, work has been you know, either canceled or we working from home. Like we all going through the same thing. Everything is like really um, tight right now. We haven't really gotten out. I haven't really gotten out. You know, a lot of my work is just starting to really pick up in terms of my jewelry. Um, I'm working on a couple of different productions that were supposed to be, you know, brick and mortar productions. And we're just starting to kind of find our way and, and they haven't really even started yet. Rehearsals won't even really start until like July because we don't know what phase we're in. And Baltimore City is different than Maryland right now. And people going against the grain and they're following the directions of the governor versus the, the directions of the mayor. And everybody's super sensitive. But I just want us to have a certain level of respect for each other um, and not just snapping at each other. Um, people posting live 
public posts. They get mad when people come across your posts, you know, and, and say things. That's why you're not supposed to just fill your page up with these people so you can say you got 5,000 people on your list. You should fill it up with the people who you want to talk to, who think like you think, who will agree with you with everything you say. And not every post is going to have 100% agreeance to it. So um, I just been experiencing some things where posting and I'm, I'm kind of leaning back from posting. So please don't tag me. I've already made it so people can't. Only certain people can tag me and certain things can be said. is celebrated annually on June 19th. It commemorates June 19th, 1865, when Union General Gordon Granger, Granger uh, read federal orders in Galveston, Texas, uh, that all previously enslaved people in Texas were free. Texas, in that town, that was the last group of unfreed slaves. So they marked that celebration and it's been turned into a celebration. It, it, well, it actually will be a celebration this year because um, people really don't really celebrate it. They just talk about it on um, social media and their little bougie groups. And now it's really being observed this year as a call to action for black people to kind of unify themselves. Um, so on Friday, there are a number of activities going on I know um, a couple of musicians, singers that will be getting together. Let me go to that, um, to this page, a Juneteenth celebration. Uh, it's going to be virtual. Um, the arena players, family commemorates Juneteenth um, on Facebook Live. It's going to be a, uh, what to expect, monologues, music performances, drum circles, libations. Uh, how to watch uh, at the Arena Players on Facebook page. Uh, time is 7 p.m. Um, and then also, I know another person that's doing something on it. They're actually uh, Miss Alana Nicole. She's putting together together an LGBTQ Juneteenth, celebra Juneteenth celebration uh, with a number of artists also. And I got, I got a message. Um, so that, that will also be on. Uh, oh, they're going to air the BT Awards on CBS for the first time ever. Oh, yeah, so I, I'm a, I got that on my list, too, so I'm going to talk about that. But on Juneteenth, there'll be a number of celebrations that's going on. Um, I just read the Arena Player one. Um, Tierra Nicole Strickland, she'll be uh, 
I'm trying to go to her page real quick and pull hers up. She'll also be um, on a, a music celebration. Tevin Brown, let me pull it up because it's on his page. Uh, they'll be doing a June team celebration as well, uh, a COVID concert. Uh, actually, this is going to be on the 20th. Uh, and you can go to the Facebook Live. Clutch Entertainment presents a COVID concert, Facebook Live, June 20th uh, at 5 p.m. 25% of all the proceeds will go. We'll be going to Black Lives Matter, Cash App, Love, Bucket 20. 20. Uh, it don't give you much information on where that's going to be, but uh, yeah, so again, like I said, Alana Nicole will be doing a uh, presentation also, um, and it's going to be a number of performers. I don't know if we're all going to be actors, but I've said yes to doing it, and I don't know why I said yes, because that gives me less than a week to be able to learn lines. I don't think the lines will be learned verbatim, so we go get that monologue together. Um Trying to find the show so I can see if I can share it out. Uh, there you go. Uh, how's everybody doing? I see you, Mr. How's it going? I got them. That's her name all the way up. Uh, da, 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 da. Share it out to a couple of people real quick. Uh, That's why my page been getting. But I'm here. I'm sorry. This is crazy of me. But uh, don't forget, just go on social media on Friday all day long. I'm more than likely. School will be out. School's already out at this point. Um, and you, there'll be children events all throughout the day, virtually. Um, some places will have limited events where they're probably shooting or doing it from. Like the arena players going to have a lot of things going on, but they're going to be uh, shooting it. So it'll be live streamed out. Um, like I said, Seven Brown, uh, Tierra Nicole Strickland, they'll be doing some music, some singing. Probably their group is getting together. Some musicians and singers are do a concert. Um, the Alana Nicole event, a number of things is going on on that day. So just go to the event page on Facebook and you'll probably see a bunch of events or just tune in on, on Friday. Um, I'm going to do the show still on Friday and then I'm going to go straight to here and click over and, and be in the, the uh, Juneteenth event. Uh, but don't forget, if you're watching right now, please share this out. You know, my your support really means a lot to me and I need your support and helping to continue to share this out. If you want to support the Artist Exchange, Radio show or Big Exposed Radio, definitely you can cash app at a, cash app us at dollar sign B Exposed Radio. Um, and hey Ron, I see you on here. Ron, when you get a moment, send me a message. I, I want to um, see if we can do a event, a virtual event together. I've been meaning to reach out to you also. Um, and the next story on the list is uh, we just got the message. The BET Awards on CBS uh, for the first time ever uh, on June the 28th. Messenger seems like, oh, yeah, it is back. I think it is back because I'm getting messages. So uh, will you be tuning in to BET this year? It's going to be broadcast on 
regular network TV. Um, it won't be on. It's. I think it, they'll probably be streaming it live on BT as well. But it's going to be on regular TV, and I, that's, that's a, um, a collaboration that I didn't think was going to happen. But they'll be uh, uh, on broadcasted, and I don't know if it's going to be like the individual concerts, like you know we've been seeing from like um, Erica Badu and another a number of other artists. Fantasia just did one. I believe this weekend that I didn't get a chance to see that one either. Um, and I guess it's going to be like little performances like that. And I don't know who the host is going to be. I haven't heard. Fantasia was good. It was really good. It was? It was really, really good. She had an all-girl band. The whole band and everything? Mm-hmm. She was, in, so she guess- was at the, um, what's it called, the Fillmore? It was just oh. her in the five-girl band. Okay. All on the stage with nobody in the building with her. Yeah, uh, Mesa just did that for was that Mother's Day as a, a singer, local artist mm-hmm. here in Baltimore. Mesa did that from the um, I can't remember the the theater that's in the Silver Spring or mm-hmm. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, she did it from that the Biltmore. That's what it was. She did it from the Biltmore, and it's I guess that's what the the BET Awards and the rest of the award season is going to look like. Uh, a number of private events that are being you know, simulcast or shot or they may be working on pre-recording them right now, which is going to be cool and it's going to be a different experience. I hope it's not as long as the regular awards are because to be watching something that long on TV is going to be. Uh, hey, Miss Sherry. <coughs> uh, it's going to be a, a crazy experience. Uh it's going to be a crazy experience. But I heard a lot of people really did like the Fantasia one. And I'm shocked that I didn't watch it. But I've been, especially over the weekend, I've been, like, creating art and doing some housework. And I haven't been really getting online like that other than just to, you know, watch a movie or something like that. But I've been trying to pull back from social media because it's a lot and. It's getting me into trouble. I'm getting into arguments and people being sensitive. And it's just too much. People getting too serious about it. It's like the people who come to work and the ones that don't have control over their house, they try to take control in the office. Or like the person with the dirty house, they try to be extra neat and clean. And like that's what social media is turning into now. People who don't feel like they have control or they've lost control over life because of this quarantine getting real territorial over their pages and such. I've just made it so you can't comment, you know, like you can comment on my threads, but you can comment. If I don't like the comment, I'm just going to erase it. I'm not going to go back and forth with somebody because they have a difference of opinion on my, um, on my post. I think that's kind of psychotic. I think it's crazy. And I think you should do better with your life and find a better purpose with it. Um, but my guests will be uh, logging on uh, in about 10 minutes. So um, uh, what should I talk about before she gets here? <clears throat> I'm going to definitely save that for, for her. Um, it is with a sad heart that Al Sheila Dixon has chosen to concede um, and she's not going to push forward with the election and I feel the same for her as I felt for Hillary Clinton. 
Um, and possibly Al Gore. I don't, I'm still on the fence with Al Gore. He lost his election. But I am, um, and he should have leaned on Bill Clinton more. Like he was scared to do it, but he didn't leave on. And I appreciate um, Sheila Dixon for running a really clean election. I appreciate her for not mudslinging. I appreciate her for getting on social media every week, constantly uh, with her with her podcast. I, I hope she continues to do that uh, because she really forced, she was doing it before all the other candidates was at home with their feet up and wasn't really doing much and was using this quarantine as an excuse for them not to do anything. And she was still out there, you know, before any of the candidates started going from community to community. And I appreciate her for putting a fire under the uh, feet of many of the candidates that were were lazy, who thought this was a shoe-in, like our current mayor, who thought because he was already mayor, he was going to be a shoe-in, like he's been um, a shoe-in in the city council all these years. Uh, but I, I am glad that... Um, People got out to vote. I feel like you all chose the wrong person. I personally feel like um, he is not ready. And him being Mr. Brand, is his name Brandon? I forgot the damn child name. I think his name Brandon Scott. Scott, I don't think he is ready to be mayor. And it's not anything against him, but I feel like you just got city council president. And I thought, with the fan, with the following that he has, not fans, but with the following that he has, he would have been more effective as city council president as he learned, because I think that position gets you ready to become mayor. And because he had been city council president for what, about a year now, he felt like he could, I don't even think it was a whole year he was city council president. I think he felt like, oh, I got the following, I could become mayor. And the job is so much more important than that. And I was going back as they, you know, even once he got a lead over Sheila in the beginning, uh, because to be clear, Sheila won at the polls. And because of all of the mail-in ballots, that's what took him over the edge. But at the polls, Sheila won. Um, and she had stayed ahead for the entire race. She was at, in, the, in, the, in the lead. Um, and I and I commend her, and that says a lot about the people in this community that really saw through all of the muck and the mire, all of the BS, all of the the mud slinging, all of the two story thirty second clips that was re on rotation about her. Um, she was so much more than a gift card, and I think this city has really lost out on what could have been their best possible leader choice and it wasn't it everybody that's the only thing they kept saying like it was it was nothing else they could say about her her work was impeccable her tenure as mayor was impeccable um outside of um uh what's his name smoke uh we haven't had a mayor that was about the city and not about parties uh since smoke um and I feel like she pushed the whole city ahead. And it wasn't just about the Black people or the Democrats or the older people. She really looked out for everybody. Many of the, 
initiatives that we have today are because of her. Um, our whole trash collecting system is because of her. Um, our, the bike lanes, many of the initiatives, uh, we talked about this on Talk Lately Show, the hotel downtown, the, um, the, the newest one downtown, the initiatives to rehab the convention center, all of those things were initiatives that Sheila Dixon had put into place. And it's with a heart, a hard heart that I have. That she put into place, that's correct, that she put into place and was never able to finish. Yes, that she initiated it. Yeah, she initiated it, and then people came in and screwed it up. And that, that happened with Stephanie. She took a lot of initiatives that Sheila had put into place, and she put her name on it, or she just took it off the table. Uh, Pew did the same thing, and I'm quite sure. And what you're saying now, that, uh, just to give you right? an example, with the Baltimore Convention Center Hotel, mm-hmm. Sheila started that, and yep. uh, and nothing came of it because that was supposed to attract other hotels, which it did, <laughs> to bring mm-hmm. bigger events to Baltimore, right. which never yeah. happened. But that was that's the part that never happened. The, the, the convention center not never got rehabbed. So that's what I mean. She brought hotel. that hotel to bring in the revenue to rehab the convention center, but it was supposed right. to attract bigger events to keep the revenue coming in for the city, which never happened. And we ended up losing all of the major conferences and uh, events that come to the city through the civic center. And I, that's crazy to me. Convention center. I mean, uh, but that's crazy that a lot of her initiatives were used and utilized, but she never got any credit for. And and at the ones that that they did use, they they kind of rehabbed them and all the negative parts of it. That's what she got credit for. And they took the the actual plan and put it in their name and made it their initiative. And I feel I really feel bad for Sheila because nobody else really had a plan or a strategy. All they could tell us was uh, to speak about is the people who were following them and how much they were they wanted to turn the city around. But there was there was no clear strategy. Sheila got on her Facebook Live every week with a different plan for a different part of the city with a different strategy. Brandon, all he did was discuss what was the, in the current events. He looked at what the news articles was, and that's what he talked about when he eventually got on air. And it's it's sad to me. It's really sad. And I, I, we have to stop looking at our political system as a as the um, prom queen or prom king kind of event. Like, whether you like somebody or not, it's all about getting us out of this mess that we're currently in. We're going to need a mayor who not only has a strong plan, but has a strong sense of leadership. And I have not seen that in Brandon. Yes, we need a fresh, we need a fresh new approach. And I think knowing who Sheila Dixon is, she would have definitely filled the city up with a lot of youthful energy. She did that in her campaign. And it got her to number one all the way up until the finish. Um, and uh, I think we're going to pay for this and it's going to be, you know, a lot of people were posted. He should hire her on. He would be smart as hell if he hired her on. But again, he would take the leadership 
and the credit for all the work and ideas that she probably going to be putting on his desk. And I don't think Sheila Dixon deserves that. I really want her to go into the private sector and go all out and be as successful as she can be and just prove all these naysayers wrong in the city. And it was really, it was really unfortunate for me. It was unfortunate all the people that at the polls went out and voted for her did not back and support her in public. I, it, it, I didn't see the clear, I, I didn't see the, the amount of support on social media in terms of people posting and sharing and getting her message out there as I did and as it reflected. Even once the, the tally saw coming in, she still kept going up. She never dropped or stayed still. She stepped, steadily kept on gaining votes, but I don't know. And it was real interesting to me, the people who were supporting Brandon in the beginning as the, the, the mail-in votes were coming in and she was still in the lead. It was really interesting to me that people were complaining about the whole process I, I of can't the election. Type, I'm not going to type all of this, so can I just read you this comment? Or did you see sure, it already? Sure, sure, sure. Um, Ron? Kipling Williams. Um, I appreciate what you're saying, Nate. However, Brandon has been involved in city government for the last 10 years from working with <laughs> Stephanie Rollins when she was the city council president through his seat on the city council to his brief tenure as city council president. He also uh, was doing a lot of work as many of us were doing uh, doing for education reform and advocacy, ending the school to prison pipeline, youth organizing, and so on. So he has had more experience than people realize. And his that experience equals up to him being city council president, not mayor of a city. I'm sorry. That those it those topics that you brought up, Ron, and, and I know you're really connected to a lot of the social change that's happening in the city, but and from my perspective, that validates him getting another tenure or another uh, win in, in his seat as city council president, not as mayor. You know, it was very clear to me in his response to this quarantine. Ugh, I didn't I didn't see his leadership through this. And, you know, I didn't see the mayor or his leadership throughout this. And I only saw him step up. <clears throat> when Sheila started getting attention for being out, being out and on the ground, mostly we didn't. You know, his his haircut got more attention than his leadership did, or his lack of a haircut got more attention. So I I understand where a lot of people are coming from, but that's why I felt like he should have stayed in that position as city council mayor. Now we have Mosley in that position. You know, pretty Ricky. That's good. I, I, I couldn't even imagine. I don't even has mostly. I don't even has he been in the in city government at all, or I, I don't. I don't even know where his job has been. So I didn't. Or him hitting that guy. Or who? I said, or him <laughs> hitting that guy. Who you talking about, Brandon? Yes. Him getting hit by the guy is what you mean. Right, but he pushed them first. Right, like this, it just, and I don't want to give him the childish kind of like makeup because, you know, that's easy. That's an easy go to. But, ugh, like, how you handled that, that's the type of leader you want. And I know that's one incident, but 
I don't see a lot of the leaders of the various state government agencies taking him seriously. I just don't. And and him up against the police department, oh, I don't see that happening at all. I see them ignoring him in meetings, him not being able to out-talk or over-talk any of the people there. I, I just don't, I don't see it. And I, all the people who are supporting him, I believe they were supporting him because he gave you all hope that he was going to get a lot of your wants and needs accomplished. And that always wins people over in elections, but you have to look at the long term. He still has opposition to all of those things. And it's still up to the city council to follow through and to agree with him that these things need to be changed before they actually get changed. He has some power but the city council has a lot more power than he does. So I just don't, we're in a space right now in the city where we need a leader that is ready, uh, that is prepared, not only with a plan, but for some strategies. Once once that it's their job, once their name is called, like they're ready in that moment. And I just don't see Brandon being that person. And we're going to, pay for this uh, throughout his, um, well, his possible win as mayor. And for a most part of me, feels like, um, because I didn't see a huge Republican turnout for the primary, um, I feel like he may not win against the person who will actually be their representation. And I, I have to look up who is actually going to be the mayor's, the Republican candidate, because I didn't um, see that. Hey, just Sarah. Uh, but I have to look and see who that candidate is to see who he'll be running against. But it's still going to be other people that are being written in uh, that that are going to take away from votes from him. And I, a Shannon, small part of me feel... Shannon so I, Wright is the Republican candidate. Um, yeah, I don't... A part of me... And it's not that I don't want him to win, because we need him to win, but he may lose to her. What happens if he loses to her? He you won't know? lose to her. He had, like, <laughs> she only had 1,600 votes. That's what I'm... But, and, and Unless so people trade and change, change votes. But see, that's the scary part for me. If you look at all of the Republican votes in, it wasn't a large turnout for mm -hmm. them. It wasn't a large turnout. Right. And it's I think a lot 5, of them 000. felt like... Go ahead. Less than five thousand people voted, yeah, that's voted what, for the Republican. That's the part that scares me. And now that we are really racially divided in this city now, you know, uh, I feel like they're gonna come out in droves. They're really gonna come out because a lot of the Republicans in this city are older. They're really much older, so they probably that's why they probably didn't come out, but uh and they probably didn't trust the mail in ballot system. So if things get better in terms of the pandemic, I really feel like he possibly could lose because normally the turnout for Republicans is normally much higher than the Democrats. So I, I don't know. I don't, I'm not a, you know, governmental official, you know, officiato, but I, I just, in my heart, I just feel like he's not the best choice. He wasn't the best choice. And when she conceded and she sent out a message, I believe yesterday, or today, it was either yesterday or today. It was really unfortunate that, you know, 
she's not going to fight, but I respect her for not fighting. And that just sounds like they made an agreement or a pact probably that she's going to get a X amount of positions or, or a certain position uh, if he does win, which I hope they have done. But, <sighs> man, I'm just upset. And I, I'm, I, I'm not understanding how, well, I guess, and Ron just said it, you know, all the experience that he has with the city council, um, they looked at that as um, uh, enough experience for him to be mayor. But yeah, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm going to try not to be angry anymore. I'm not actually angry. I'm just really disappointed because um, make some, uh, Ron says, uh, you make some good points. And I would see your logic in having him remain a city council president. I also appreciate your comments regarding Sheila Dixon. I remember her launching the campaign. Oops, uh, launching the campaign to end homelessness in 10 years, working with Councilman Jim Kraft and healthcare for the homeless, even though the target was not going to be met, but her administration were making measures steps to, uh, to that goal. Actually, the city council only has the power to delegate budget items where the mayor of Baltimore has one of the most powerful positions in the county, in the country, because they uh, reside over the bond of estimates. Uh, we also have to organize to gain more power in Annapolis so that we can pass bills that will benefit the city. And and then I understand the power that the mayor has, and I'm not saying the city council is the boss of the mayor. What I'm saying is some of the financial planning decisions that we need to get done, like education, like uh, the arts in our community, like education, like a lot of the real staple pieces that are budget problems that we, the city has, say like the funding, the the police department and allocating those funds. That's, those are the most, those are biggest pressing issues that Baltimore City has. We have a, a, a huge crime rate um, that is going to have to deal with, that, that we're going to have to deal with in the next year because things aren't getting better in terms of uh, our relationship with the police officers. And I don't see Brandon Scott being a person that can sit down with the police department and the police union and make uh, them do what they're supposed to do as the mayor of the city, make them do what they're supposed to be doing and, and reform. I don't see him having a strategy to reform the police department. I don't. And I see them dropping a lot of these things on his desk like, okay, now you handle them. And him not really having the people around him, because even a lot of the people that will be left in that office, I don't see, um, I don't really see Mosby working alongside him well, because Mosby gonna feel like he knows more than he does. And he's gonna have his wife on this side and, and Brandon on the other side. I don't feel like he's gonna gracefully work with Brandon a lot now that he has that position. Um, and a lot of the other uh, council people, a lot of the delegates, um, I don't see them working with Brandon that way. And I definitely don't see the governor 
working with Brandon in like a cohesive har harmony in, 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 in like a, uh, uh, easy way. Cause he will really disregard him. He's been disregarding all the women that we've had in power. So I definitely see him, um, disregarding him. I know he's gonna, um, he's gonna disregard him. So our guest is a little bit behind. So I'm going to jump right into our topics for today. Uh, Miss Candace Owens, she went on uh, at several interviews and did a smear campaign on Mr. Floyd, on George Floyd, um, and basically outing his criminal uh, background. Now, there have been some things that were, I, I was trying to find information on, but uh, there was a few uh places on the internet that I was reading that both Joyce Floyd and the officer had worked together. Or they knew of each other in some capacity, but I didn't find any concrete information on that. So I didn't want to report on that and it really not be true. So it wasn't any real solid information. But uh, Candace Owens uh, went on a smear campaign basically to debunk uh, the what she called the martyr uh, that we created uh, in George Floyd and her not understanding based on his record, um, him now being used as a martyr. And I think she used the martyr is, is most likely used in a religious, um, a religious uh, uh, way. It's not really used in this way. I think what she was meaning uh, to say was we used him as kind of the example. He was the catalyst for this protest that we've been having over the last like 12, 13 days now. And uh, he has been used as that. And, and um, I watched the um, the comedy special of, why do I want to call him Chris Rock? I can't even think of his name right now, but uh, he, he, the gentleman, the comic just said in his standup uh, that he, we did not choose George Floyd that he was chosen by the police officers that were acting out of order and out of line and irresponsibly, uh, they chose him. And many of us got really tired of seeing this parade of black men who shot and killed. And not only black men, but we have uh, instance where this young lady, Miss uh, uh, Taylor was also used in that situation. And then a few days, not even a whole week later, but a couple days after, uh, Floyd's funeral, another black man was shot. So it's a it's a cycle that keeps re reacting. And I think at this point, hopefully, these young people that are out here protesting right now find the energy to keep this going for as long as it's necessary. <clears throat> Candace Owens, um, she has spoken out on the Black Lives Movement. Oh, I'm sliding down off of the... Um, yeah. Uh, Candace Owens has in several interviews and in several um, <coughs> statements spoke out against the Black Lives Movement and what it is and has taken the, the side of um, has taken the side of Trump when it comes to how he depicts the, the people who are leading and a part of the Black Lives Movement 
<clears throat> and 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 it really makes sense that she does that because that's why she went straight after George Floyd's criminal record. And I, I I'm interested in in how she like what's her everyday conversation like. Her husband is white, and that's not a problem. But for you to speak out against black people, I'm just curious as to know what's your everyday conversation about black people. Are you that black person that sits back and and has these random snobby conversations where you're looking down over uh, over the black community and the, just black people in general? Um, uh, as I was researching Candace, I came up on 2017 where she actually filed a discrimination um, a discrimination lawsuit against. Hold on, let me pull it up. Uh, in 2017, she filed a lawsuit along with the NAACP as her support system against the Stanford public school system in Connecticut. Um, and it was largely supported by the NAACP and helping her to actually win that trial. And I don't, I don't understand how you can be in a position that way where you are leaning on your Black fellow men and women to support you, especially a group like the NAACP, and you not understand what the significance of this protest is. And in many, and, and not quoting her, but in many of the interviews that I saw from her, like it, she was missing the whole point of this argument. The reason in her mind, George was, George Floyd was in that uh, situation was because he was a bad guy and she kept calling him a bad guy and that term is directly taken from Trump's uh, depiction of every single Black Lives Matter um, participant and she just kept referring to him as a black a bad guy and his his criminal history isn't clean um, he he held up a pregnant woman he he robbed he was he and I'm not even gonna go over that because it's no excuse for him having his net put on. Like in that situation, was he being a criminal? Uh, and it was said that he was trying to either cash a bad check. It's still not been clear as to why they were even stopping him, but he allegedly was trying to cash either a bad check or use a bad $20 bill. And I couldn't find the specific information on which one of those were the truth. But either way, the, the footage was showed us that he was already in the vehicle. He was already in a vehicle and that he had already been, uh, he was pulled out of the vehicle. So you put, you handcuffed him and you secured him in a vehicle and then you went into the vehicle and it shows the officer pulling him out. And then eventually we see the footage of, um, we uh, originally we saw the footage of the cop with his, his knee on that, that young man's neck. And it still is uncomfortable to me because the only part that I could see in it was just how comfortable the officer was. And many people uh, pointed out him having his hand in his pocket. And I'm not looking for any underlying meaning of what that was other than when your hand's in your pocket, it's normally some discomfort that you're having or you're, you're in a moment of comfort. And you're too comfortable, and uh, and for Miss Candace, a black woman, and she's not mixed. She's not. Any, she's a black woman. 
to speak out against this gentleman and excuse the actions of the police officers because George has been in his past a bad guy. Uh, really, this it's ugly to me. It's ugly to me that she can continuously speak out. It's, I don't know if she's trying to replace or be a part of the the Trump um, the Trump uh, his new campaign or have a seat in his potential office if he wins again. I don't I don't know what her her angle is, but many people have said this is an ugly way for you to gain any type of experience or make money. Um, Dave Chappelle, that's the name. Uh, he spoke a lot about her and his his comedy special that just was released and he did it during the quarantine. Uh, and he spoke a lot about George Floyd and Candace Owens um, and just how ugly it is for her to really garner this type of attention off of a case that's so cut and dry. So it, it really, um, and it, it goes into the conversation. I'm gonna try to wait for her to come on before I end with the uh, black men versus black women uh, conversation. Uh, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to do that last, but it really is ugly. And one of the things that I'm saying, why is it that all of our cases end with this death or murder? You know, um, there's a meme going around with the young man who, who had shot up the church. Uh, and there's uh, is a image of uh, just a random black guy. And they're both asking each other, what are you here for? They're both sitting in the back of the police car. And the black man says, uh, I was I had a broken taillight. And the white boy who we clearly know who he was uh, says, oh, I, you know, I just shot up a church. And it, this that the the irony in that meme uh, really speaks to why we're going through this right now, and and what the problem really is, and and the fact that, and I'm I'm I know Candace looks very smart. She's very intelligent, um, and I know she knows better. And I think she's just trying to be, you know, spicy for the sense of being spicy and contrary, very contrary for the sake of being contrary. And I, there are people who believe the way she does. She's not the only one that looks like her that believes that way, uh, who is choosing to believe that way, because it's ultimately a choice. Uh, but for all of our, you know, it makes it scary to even be pulled over by a police officer, because are you going to be next on that list of people who are slain or murdered uh, because of a, a, a tail light or suspended license or um, you spent a, a false $20 bill. Like it, that's what jail is for. You know, jail is there for you to do time for the things that you did wrong. That's what the criminal justice system is. But to me, this looks like capital punishment being handled on the most uh, basic level. Like that's supposed to be the last resort. If not, you know, you're supposed to go through so many different other options before the police officer even chooses deadly force. Um, and I, we spoke to DeMond last week and I was bringing that and I brought him on only because he was an officer and I, it, he wasn't as comfortable stating that because nobody wants that on their, their reputation right now, but a number of police officers are starting to now speak out 
And it's unfortunate, like, why are you now speaking out? And I know fear can sometimes be uh, 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 an issue and then maybe losing their job or the support of the union or so on and so forth. But um, I, I can't understand how death has resulted in, has been the result of every single case that we've seen. You know, to shoot somebody in the back because they're running away. And it's, this is something that we brought up years ago uh, when we first had the issue with Trayvon Martin. Like, why not, if, if you feel like as a police officer, this person is going to harm you or um, they're trying to get away or escape, how about shooting them in their leg or shooting them in a place, of a part of their body that's going to, you know, um, cripple them in that moment? Not permanently, but in that moment. Uh, how, how about just get shooting them or, you know, tasing them in a space where it's, it's going to, they're not going to die from this, but, you know, and, and that, that just speaks to the level of training and preparation that many of these officers go out on their uh, beats uh, and their patrol every day. You are not prepared for the worst case scenario. So you're going out there expecting the worst, but you haven't really prepared yourself because in a moment, you have to be the calm thinking, rational person because you're dealing with a crime. Now, a lot of people want to defund the police of, uh, the police departments around the country. And I think a lot of the right wing people are taking this opportunity to kind of debunk it or make it something that it's not. And nobody wants to, I, I don't think people want to eliminate the police department, but it's been proposed uh, defunding it, disbanding it, uh, uh, and which disbanded it means firing all the police officers and and forcing them to um, rehire and, and resubmit their um, hire for employment. Uh, are you on? I think she's on, Marnie. Uh, and I, I think the, the the unfortunate part is many people are using this as a uh, as a means to kind of uh, further divide us. Uh, she says she's on. And uh, but yeah, so I don't know. I, I just I feel like we are. No matter what we try to do, we'll always be kind of misunderstood, purposely misunderstood. Um, um, yeah, and, and, and my remarks, the last couple of interviews that I've done on other people's uh, shows, uh, one of the things that I said, I think we need to spend this time that we have down um, and kind of restricted to kind of start getting ourselves on a on a on a page as a black community, and it's not really shutting anybody out. But I think we need to get ourselves together. We need to find out value, understand, you know, get everybody on the uh, even queue where we all have all all have a job, and and the ones of us that don't have a job, they have a means to be able to do something where we're all financially independent. And then once we get financially independent. We start learning some valuable skills with money management and uh, and figuring out how we 
clean up our debt and how we, you know, do those things that are necessary to get us on a, a fair fighting platform where we're not so dependent upon these services that were meant to be temporary services and not lifelong services and, and get ourselves on a, on a, a even accord with, with ourselves. Um, and let me make sure I send her the right, right one. Well, I think I sent her the wrong one. Marty, can you send me the link again? Oh, never mind. I got it. I think I sent. Oh, there she is. She got it. <clears throat> Hello, Miss Lady. Hello. How are you? How are you? You sound refreshed. I am. You are? I am very refreshed. I had a very wonderful day. Ended up waking up a little late, but got lots of work done. Um, I look a little raggedy. That's why I'm not on video, but you know. Oh, come on now. I mean, my hair is like, I might get jiggy with look it. Look at later. my hair. Look at my hair. I'm in a tank top. Like, you know, I'm you drinking wine. My, I can take my shirt off. You want to take my shirt off? <laughs> I can take my shirt off. So we can Hold up. Me. I'll go ahead. There you go. See, there I am. Mm-hmm. Well, you got your camouflage. That's the camouflage. I'm blending in. Yeah. How you doing? How are you? I'm great, thank you. Good to I be mean, here. the last time we talked, you were like on the edge. Living on the edge. I was. I was, you know. I've centered myself a little. Um, daily yoga has helped. I have been yeah. really um I had to back off. Like I, I was the girl posting all the numbers for coronavirus every day. Yes, yes. And and I didn't I, want to say it to you. I didn't want to say, "Stay, stop sending me this shit." <laughs> but I understood what it was doing for you. You, it was giving you a sense of control. It was giving me a sense of control. But I also realized that it was driving me a little bit insane. So I had to, um, I had to let go a small amount of that. So I've, um, I'm, a, I'm an information junkie. Like I feel yeah. in control of a situation when I have as much information as, pow as, as possible to feel on top of the situation. Not knowing was, makes what me had, afraid. What you had started doing, I think was more healthy because then you started sharing some solutions with us all, like the free yoga classes. And, right, right. Like, I that think that would have helped focus. you. Yeah. Guitar yeah. lessons, anything that I could get my hands on that was, look, Shanae went on Facebook. <laughs> Wait a minute. Boom, don't knock it. I went on Facebook Marketplace and secured myself a guitar. Honey, I am in lesson three. Look, anything to keep my mind off of what is really happening right now. Um, but see, that was me in the beginning. Like I had, I started taking sign language classes and I was trying to find these things to do because who would have known we would be in June? Oh. Who would have known? Who would have known that we would have been in June? doing this like this is crazy like I, I had a feeling when i heard that virginia was not reopening until june 10th june 10th was my birthday thank you 41 it's crazy but oh, when oh, i found out birthday. thank you love oh that's why thank we you. are that's why we were close as long as yes. the 24th max okay yeah happy birthday boo yes so once i figured out that virginia was not opening up until june 10th 
I was already hip. I was like, I don't even know what the rest of y'all waiting for. I also figured out that Hogan was a puppet. So he did everything he was supposed to do. He did everything he was supposed to do to make himself look like he was, you know, working for the people. Right. We but still haven't seen day, we, we still don't know what happened to those five hundred thousand tests yet. <laughs> How about that? The ones that ain't being used or the hotel that uh, supposedly has all the beds that we ain't using. Yeah. Anyway, if I had known Jack was going to be the man with the plan, that he was going to be the one that everybody had to answer to. But see, I, I, that's why I never took him seriously in, in terms of Hogan, because I knew what he, like, I've seen him do this both times, both do two different elections. I've seen him kind of like, hey, how y'all doing? I'm doing all this stuff for y'all, and I'm going to be so serious, and I'm going to come out here every day and speak on this podium. I knew it was BS. Then when he used his wife, who had- Hold on, I can't really hear you. I'm sorry. Go ahead. When he used his wife- Can before, you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Hold on. I'm going to call back in because I can't hear you. Okay. This is crazy. But I, I, I knew, I knew, go ahead. But I knew, um, I knew he was a pawn. I knew he was just, you know, hiding his face and everybody was starting to be so proud of him for doing his job. And we realized he really wasn't doing his job. Um, I'm glad that Jack Young has really said, hey, we're not ready yet. And we're not ready. And I and unfortunately, because of his 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 stint as our mayor, um, nobody is taking him seriously right now because I see restaurants on in my neighborhood that are already about to go to phase two and three, and business is already moving forward. And people going back to status quo. I know plenty of businesses that are already open. I mean, I ain't gonna stitch on nobody, but I know businesses in this neighborhood that are already open. You know, it's a business thanks to me. They've been open this whole time. I mean, they, granted, they don't get foot traffic there. I do think they do a lot of online business, but nobody is paying attention to them. You know, most of the businesses like down in the downtown community. Uh, and these downtown communities have already gone to phase two and getting ready for whatever phase three is supposed to be. So I don't, I don't, that's why I really haven't been going anywhere. And I, I'm, I'm so thankful that I have not had to struggle uh, through this way. It's, it's unfortunate that we have to, um, that we have to go through this, but I want to skip ahead uh, while uh, she is trying to log back on. Uh, and I want to speak about Vince, <clears throat> Vince's crab house. So alleged, so not allegedly, because these were actual messages that he posted. He posted a lot of um, messages on social media that were um, him, between him and his sister and various other people that were um, speaking out against the Black Lives Matter and the protest and really Black people in general. Um, and Facebook and some other places got hold of these messages and really began to um, hold them under the fire, so much so that they were protesting in front of all his various uh, locations. Uh, most of them were in that South Baltimore area Southeast Baltimore and South Baltimore areas. And they really like held him to the fire. 
and prevented him from really getting a lot of um, airtime. So much so, I'm going to pull up now um, his GoFundMe. So Mr. Vince has created a GoFundMe page and it basically says, this is the message on his GoFundMe. <clears throat> it says Vince's Crab, Vince's Crab House has been everyone's favorite crab spot for over 15 years. If you know us, then you know we treat everyone like family and we take pride in our community. <clears throat> As many have seen in the media, we had to we had to close five of our Vince Crab House locations for five to nine days. We have had tons of people reach out wanting to help our family. It was suggested to me uh, to do a GoFundMe. Uh, it was suggested to me a GoFundMe would be a good outlet for people to show their support. We have paid over 80 employees during this closure and have had lost many employees because they were, they are fearful to return to work. Uh, we have donated thousands and thousands of dollars worth of food that would would have spoiled during our nine-day closure. Going to due to the death threats to our to us, our families, and our businesses, we have had 24/7 security at our homes. Uh, they have 24/7 security at their homes. Uh, our addresses have been exposed on social media with the threat of we're coming for you, forcing us to relocate our families. Uh, uh, we have we have a right to conduct business that we have built from the ground up, and we will be there every day until the doors and roads are clear for our customers, no matter the cost. Uh, we could never express how thankful we are for our for our supporters. So this is the message that they put on their um, on our GoFundMe, and I was following it all throughout the day because a number of people have put up a post, and I agreed with it, and I supported it also um, to go to the GoFundMe and then file a report. And, and within this GoFundMe, if you go to the GoFundMe page, there is a link. Uh, if you scroll all the way down to the bottom, it'll ask you to report um, uh, whatever device you're using. Sometimes you got to go to the three little bars at the top and it'll say uh, help, the help section, and you can, so you can um, report the thread. Because a lot of the information that he so eloquently left out of all of this. Can I? Go ahead. <laughs> I just want to. I'm just looking at the comments though, because mm -hmm. people aren't donating. They're donating for the purpose of being able to comment. Okay. So the one right. of the comments says, "I wanted the opportunity to tell Vince he's a big piece of shit, and and that alone is worth five dollars. Go fuck yourself, Vince." <laughs> And that's and that and that's the crazy part because his this started out today like earlier today it was at five hundred dollars. Now his sister, his sister actually donated a thousand dollars to this, if I'm not mistaken. Let me make sure. So you're looking at the comments on the actual post itself. 
On the on the GoFundMe page. Okay. So as his sister, would she just change her name? Her, her, her real name was up there at first, but now it says Danny Lore. <laughs> but it was his sister's name up there originally. She 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 uh jump started it with a thousand dollars and everybody else has been posting, but it's outside of the people who are commenting, everybody else seems to be anonymous. Anonymous. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's interesting and smart <laughs> to what your name attached to it. But they really are so people are now campaigning that you go to this GoFundMe and you go through a report and it's it takes like two minutes to do it and they ask you a couple questions like why you're reporting it. And it's really because and I did it only because he omitted his fault. He still didn't I was looking claim. for the apology in that statement. That's exactly right. I was looking for that apology. On his on his page, on his personal page. I think that one, but you don't go asking people for money to support you without apologizing as well for what you said. He he called himself making an apology, but his apology was so, it was just so, like, it didn't really mean Yeah, and and it referred more to the the fact that he appreciated all of the Black people that have been supporting him all. Like, it was about our money, Mm -hmm. or the money of the people who were supporting him. Now, I have a number of relatives that live down in the um, in that area, and they they support him. They they've always supported. I do too. In Essex and Middle River and Dundalk right. area. Right, and that's where my they family, were all my out there. Lives. They were actually out in front of the building. Right, with the rest. So of my them. family lives behind East Point Mall. So mm-hmm. they've always supported him, and they've they've been a big supporter. And they were all really upset that of with his comments. So my aunt went to the restaurant and, his, and she said his response was simply like, hey, like that's my personal page. Like he didn't really have any any kind of like remorse. Mm-hmm. And his his public apology that he did over video, it was like they shouldn't have let him do that. Like his like somebody in his family that actually had some sense to the did it. And it probably wouldn't have gotten to this point. But because of that apology is now gotten to this point where people are. Because he just posted this uh, this GoFundMe over the weekend, so he he claims that he's been he's had to close down for nine days and he's lost all this um this product and he has to give away a lot of stuff and he's still paying eighty people despite him having any business. So he's seeking five hundred thousand dollars. He's seeking five hundred thousand uh, dollars in support, and he has. He jump started, and I think his sister left a thousand dollars, but she was like person number three uh, to actually support. But most of the support came from today. Yeah, the first the first uh, twenty dollars came five hours ago, and then his sister also left a thousand dollars, but she just changed her name, and that is interesting to me because it, it was her name up there first. It was something Sarah Myers, and now it says Danny Lore. So that must be her boyfriend or something, his name. But he has he has the gall to really continue to promote his business. Um, and then um uh whatchamacallit, the cab driver. What's the cab driver's name? He had went down there earlier today and posted Mary. and posted on uh, was doing a live feed of it, Larry and it was still, yeah. So they were. He was actually doing like a live feed of people trying to 
walk through the picket line and they would say things like, like, like you will be seen as a racist if you go into this place. And they would say, well, I have a, one lady's like, I have a black friend. I have black friends, so I'm not worried. Like it was, people are really not caring, but they were all white people that were born in there. You didn't see any black people uh, supporting them anymore. But thankful, thanks to this, we, we realized that Baltimore had some black owned crab houses. And I didn't know that. I thought they were all like owned by other people. And hey, Shania. Hey, so just to drop a quick line real quick. I don't uh, know if you, you, and you probably did already touch on this GoFundMe, which yes. makes my absolute skin boil. Do you hear what I'm telling you? Did you report them? Like, did you report them? Of course I did. But more importantly, in the same day, these hillbilly redneck mofos not only submitted a GoFundMe help our business, we've been racially discriminated against. For five hundred thousand dollars. Five hundred thousand dollars. In the next sentence, they also said, "We have a Hennessy sale, Negroes. Please come back and support our." But did you see their sale? You can I get did. a Hennessy if they don't go ahead with that watermelon and fried chicken bullshit. They try. Look, let me tell Is you. Is that something. on his page? Look at the menu for their sale prices, yo. It's a bottle of Hennessy with this, a bottle of some. I said, let me tell y'all jackasses something. I don't know where y'all got the tomfoolery that we are, those motherfuckers you see that with their faces painted black. Dude. Oh, no. We are not shucking and jiving for y'all. Like, for real. For some Hennessy. Hennessy, yo. They was <laughs> a Hennessy special. Yo, they was like, let's speak directly to the hearts of the blacks while we go to these whites and try to we get our go money. Look, at the end of the day, they can kick big, boulder-sized rocks. Do you hear what I'm telling you? If no. I see a black person at Vince's, I'm instantly on site cool, calling them coon boogers from the sideline, from my car, with a goddamn bullhorn. you getting called out. Period. As soon as I saw, as soon as I called, as soon as I saw the GoFundMe, my, my friend Jay Nicole posted it, and I asked her, well, how do you, you know, how do you report them? But I know I sent it out to everybody in my family that supports them, and all of them have done it because we all sent each Here's other. Here's the problem: I blame every black mofo that went to Dundalk to get some crabs to begin with. Our black asses they had no business in Dundalk getting no goddamn crabs. We got comrades downtown, and not to say that these places are any better, but they was at least smart enough to keep if they had any prejudice quiet so at the end of the day we also discovered there are they're like two different crab houses and they're right and we would have never known about that exactly right. now we, we have just some need black to learning curve each other so that we're yeah. not like complaining about standing in line let these companies get themselves geared together so they can yeah. handle the volume that they rightfully deserve we are in a position to really boom black businesses if we do this right we need a directory some organizational levels we need people to get together, list of black businesses, and they're not coming together quickly enough. So I just think the people I'm in this industry and would, part of this take is, the charge. Right. And I and I and I respect that that is what is coming from this. But I don't want us to nickel and dime each other. I need us and, and part of my argument is before we can begin to really get back to ourselves and reach out for our allies and all that stuff, we really need to get ourselves in order this way. And we have a, a Black-owned uh, entrepreneurial uh, uh, magazine. I don't know where that gentleman is, 
right now, I don't know if he stopped doing it, but it was the Entrepreneur Black Business Journal, and, and he had that. And I agree, we need to get that up and running again. That should have never stopped. That that's well, just an organization that well, issues at the top. Supporting it because you had to pay to be a part of it. Guess what? You got to pay for anything that's worth worth having. But guess what? It yeah. is worth having to me at this point because finding out that white companies that you supported and given your hard earned dollars to hurts just as bad as finding out somebody that you loved and supported in your white circle you yeah. thought was your friend that you'd have found out believes yeah. that there's a conspiracy theory and George Floyd is an actor. This is my life. I'm telling you real talk. And the, I, the a lot of my family have supported him. That's that's why I got the information from that he had did what he did, because a lot of them support. Like I don't eat crack, so I wouldn't have known. First of all, I, don't say that out loud. You're from Baltimore. That is blasphemous and wrong and indignant. And for I, you to come out your mouth like that on national radio, talk about you don't eat crabs, sitting in a house in Baltimore, <laughs> is not only ridiculous and asinine, but I'm 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 starting to. Question our friendship, bro. Don't do that. I'm sorry. Like, I, it's a, it's life and death. You better risk that I'm, motherfucker I'm... off and eat that. Sh like, seriously, you playing? You playing games? <laughs> you playing? Don't do I'm me sad. like that. Like, I, I've just <laughs> never. I'll eat a crab cake, but I'm not a, I'm not, I'm not a crab. Like, let's sit down here and get these crabs open. Oh, I'm, that ain't never for me. So I don't understand. I don't understand why y'all pay so much money for. It. First of all, don't say y'all like I felt attacked in that statement you just made. Number one, number two, I I will pay however much, <laughs> nigga. I don't, but I don't. I when I realize how much they cost, I'm like, why do you spend that much money on that? That's crazy to me. Because they good. Are you crazy? So I, my friend just arrived. I got to go pick her up. It might cut off again, but I will call back in if it gets. I'm telling you, well, this is the busiest time. We're about to end. So call me back. Call me personally because I want to. Yes, let's do this again. I'm sorry. Team. I had a um a conference call that that ran over, but I I I totally enjoy these platforms. So let's definitely do this again. Call me. Call me in. Call me in like 15 minutes. Okay, but well, all right. All right. So. That that is the biggest thing. So right now you can go to the Artist Exchange page or my personal page at Nate Rastop Bukowser and you can click on the GoFundMe or go to GoFundMe and look up support Vince's Crab House and report it because what he's omitting from that GoFundMe, which he is he is frauding, defrauding the people who would randomly support him, is he's he's omitting the fact that he himself caused this. His words, his actions caused this. And now he's looking for money to, like, you already probably got government funding to probably pay for this already. So to then claim $500,000 in losses or support, like, that's, you're doing too much. And now she just told me that he's offering Hennessy with every order. Like, that's, that on top of all his remarks are, are said, and I'm, I don't know. That's why I've been staying off of social media. Because stuff like this to get you all riled up and have you picking up a brick and throwing it through somebody's window. And I don't want to do that. I don't want to be that person. Oh, I'm showing you all my movies. It's just a salad, 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 salad. Uh, but this has been the Artist Exchange Radio Show. Sorry, we've had some technical difficulties with our guests, but we're going to get her back on because she's she has really um, been beneficial in terms of, like, information. Like, she was really on it 
throughout this whole process in terms of giving us information and, and get, getting me information because I've really had cut myself off. I wasn't watching any TV at all. I have not turned my TV on one time throughout this whole ordeal. Um, all my information either came from Shania or from Marnie or people, sources on social media that I personally trust because I didn't want to fill myself up on a daily basis with all these different types of information. That's why I haven't really done a show on hot topics on these issues because it can create a, a whole thunderstorm of, of stress that, that's unnecessary. So today we talked about Candace Owens and her shucking and jiving self. Um, we also talked a lot about um, uh, Vince Meyer's crab house. We didn't get to my discussion on black women versus black men. And that's actually going to come this Friday. We have um, a young lady that's been on the show before, Ms. Yacera. She uh, is actually out of Atlanta. She'll be calling in uh, and logging in on that conversation. I'm trying to get Shania in on that as well. And it's a conversation that I want to have that I think is very important right now because I see a lot of threads happening in the comment section where a Black man or a Black woman may chime into a conversation with the opposite sex and it gets ugly and then it instantly turns into that Black man being an attacker or being um, um, considered um, uh, abusive or misogynistic or any of those things. And I, I want to start that conversation and it's not going to be resolved in just an hour and a half conversation but it will get to a point where uh, we can actually start creating some dialogue so we can create some solutions. And I've asked um, Jacera, who is a licensed therapist to join us and a coach to kind of coach me through some of the things that I personally feel and help me to better understand how to better resolve this. Because first of all, we're, we're judging typed words on a screen and reading into somebody's emotion and read into their intentions without even being in the same room as that person. And I think that's dangerous on our behalf, especially on black women's behalf. And I, I wanna get certain words out of our vocabulary when we're having a difference of opinion. If you're feeling attacked, if you're feeling triggered, those are personal issues that you're now tying to this current situation that you're in. And I'm saying it that way because often we are taking the abuse that we've been through and something totally different. And now it's this new person in front of us that is giving us the same lack of support that we feel is a lack of support. And we're deeming that as someone attacking us or uh, or being misogynistic or animalistic. And I've, and I've been called that in the last couple of weeks. And all because I had a difference of opinion of somebody. Um, so I want us to get better. I want us to get help. help and I want us to get through uh, many of these things that are keeping us, holding us down. So I think my Friday shows will now be dedicated to like getting us out of uh, of this. And it's going to be a series of conversations with various people. I've taken a little break from uh, uh, Let's Do Lunch with Nate and uh, because I was feeling some kind of way. But this will then be brought up in that, uh, that series as well. And that's how we're going to kind of push it along and, and us having those uncomfortable conversations because it's not just black men versus black women, it's black straight 
people versus black gay people, you know, light-skinned black people versus dark-skinned black people. Uh, it's it's young black people versus old black people. So there's a number of bullet points that I want to touch on. And we're going to address all of those things on Friday. And then we're going to start rolling out a series of them uh, in terms of a discussion. So as we close, uh, come to an end, uh, just treat each other better. Let's, let's, let's work on treating each other better. Not necessarily, I, I'm not looking for candy, cotton candy relationships, but I'm looking for mutual respect. You don't have to like me, but I require respect. And I, and I require for myself to then give that same respect in return, regardless of who the person is and how they treat me. Um, I wanted to say to everybody who has turned into the Twitter fingers and the Facebook fingers, I want us to really learn how to deal with confrontation because uh, that's a part of social media because you're going to find somebody that's on your page or who has the ability to be able to see your post that's going to believe differently than you. And we got to learn how to occupy the same space with people who disagree with who we what we believe in and what we think. But in, in you disagreeing, you don't have to disrespect what I believe. And there's a way to be able to do that. And I'm going to, um, and using myself on Friday as a catalyst to be able to show us how we can begin to mend a lot of these broken relationships that we find within the black community. I'm, I've never been any other race, so I can't really speak on that. I, I have much respect specifically for white people because I, I have mixed and white people in my family. And I, I want to always um, show respect for those individuals um, and even those people who have acted as allies in my life, uh, in my creative life, in my educational life, uh, um, throughout my life. So I want to, I don't ever want to disrespect anybody or make anybody feel uncomfortable, but these conversations, we got an uncomfortable air. Um, so as we wrap up, don't forget if, 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 and I hope that you do, if you want to continue to support the show, please do so by cash apping us at dollar sign, be exposed radio, uh, and put in there the artist exchange. So you know that your support is going to the artist exchange radio show. Don't forget if you want to, if you want to bring your show to us, if you have a show idea, you're looking for a new home, you think you have an idea, hit us up at info at bigexposedradio.com. In the subject bar, put I want to show, and we'll get back to you at our earliest convenience. Also, the Artist Exchange comes on every Monday and Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And Let's Do Lunch with Nate comes on Mondays, Wednesdays, I'm sorry, at 12 p.m. at 12 noon. So definitely come on, join us, and uh, yeah, peace out. That's been an Artist Exchange Radio Show only with me, your host, Nate. Peace out. 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 Are we all? <laughs>